Welcome to Three Devs and a Maybe, the podcast series for beginner web developers and general web enthusiasts. Now, introducing your show hosts Michael Budd, Fraser Hart, Lewis Keynes, and Ed Mann. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another exciting and thrilling episode of Free Dazz and the Maybe. I am joined by my usual co-host, Ed the Player Man. Hello, building this podcast up, I like it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Fraser Hart. How are we doing? Yeah, I'm all good. How are you guys? Uh, we should do this in order. Ed, oh yeah, you alright? You had a good week? Oh, are you talking to me? I thought, <laughs> oh, this is awkward. <laughs> I, sorry, know? I jumped the gun there. You go ahead. <laughs> no, it's uh, fine. Go I'm good, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Last two days, traveling up, well, traveling back from London have been insane. Down trains. But are you, is that starting to really get? Oh no, nerves? no, no. It's it's more the fact like people deciding just to like make bomb threats and stuff as they do. Uh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure Fraser will fill you in like on the Thursdays adventures coming back. But no, it's, it's been a really good uh, week, and it'll be interesting. I've got quite a yeah. few links to kind of talk about and some stuff, so it'll be an interesting Very pod, cool. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, also, yeah, Fraser, I saw you were a uh, book signing or something. Yeah, tr- yeah, this is kind of related to what Ed was just talking about. I was trying to get to a book signing, um, and then yeah, there was a security. I was getting on the train from Seven Oaks up to to London. Uh, it's like a twenty five minute minute journey after work. And uh, yeah, kind of on the train, like pottering away to London, just outside London Bridge Station. And then all of a sudden, the train stops. And I think nothing yeah. of it because it happens every now and again. And uh, and then the kind of the bing bongs for no one could do the announcements like ding dong, like that kind of thing. That happened a couple <laughs> of times, but nobody spoke. And then it happened again. Or we were, we were still stationary. And then about ten minutes later, it came on again and said, "Oh, there's security at London Bridge, and the whole station has been evacuated by armed police." So I said, "Oh, that's a little bit interesting." So I got on Twitter. <laughs> Just a little bit uh, interesting. Yeah, a little bit interesting. Um, so bear in mind that we're like two hundred, three hundred meters off of London Bridge Station at this stage. Um, and uh, yeah, I got on Twitter, and it turned out that someone had been making threats on a train and stuff, saying it was on September the eleventh as well. So whether or not that had anything to do with his threats. Um, yeah. yeah so the, the armed police turned up and, and <laughs> evacuated the station. So I was sat there for, for about an hour, um, until we actually managed to get into, into London Bridge and yeah, just managed to catch the last half an hour of the, uh, of the book signing, which was, which was all right. Oh man. Yeah. I, cause I think the UK terror alert level was, uh, increased, wasn't it? Like in the last oh, was week, it? I think. Yeah. yeah it's, the it's next level up high, is severe, isn't it? That, that yeah, actually exactly. is, has been a, so it's kind of scary. Mm. Bloody terrorists. Yeah, grrr. Yeah. <laughs> Angry. <laughs> yeah, how's uh, the C-sharp going? Uh, I've not actually touched it this week. Um, oh. yeah, a couple of the guys have been out of the office, so I've been kind of taking or taking over other stuff that they were working on, and we've had sites going out and, and stuff, so I think yeah. I've probably spent two hours on it this week, um, and the rest of it's just been on, on PHP and Laravel and stuff. It's been nice to get back to that. Oh, I love it. It's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm really not enjoying, like, I'm, I say I'm not enjoying it. It's just, it's frustrating kind of like when you know you've got quite a tight deadline to do something. Yeah. And obviously yeah. it makes it even more frustrating when you don't get to work on it. Um, yeah. but yeah, when there's such a tight deadline and you kind of, you're stressing, especially when you, you know don't know what you're you supposed to be doing. Yeah, yeah. You could do it a lot quicker in PHP, right? I Definitely. Guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, but I think once the, it'll be one of these things, like I'll get like a the the kind of the yes moment, and then I guess from there on it'll all be all be easy sailing. But yeah, still kind of struggling away with it. Um, and I think I've got that to look forward to next week. So Boom. yeah, and I've had a, a weekend full of freelance as well this weekend. So it's been it's it's been a full on one. Can't get away from coding, you know. Just can't get away. I from know. It. 
I've actually enjoyed it this. I've really enjoyed it this weekend because I kind of I sat there thinking, uh, you know, obviously you, you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh god, I've got to write some more code, and mm-hmm. it's my weekend. Um, but the last few days, I've, I've really, really enjoyed the work. To be honest with you, it's, it's not been doing anything out of out of the ordinary, but it's nice being able to do things my own way. Um, obviously, because it's, it's it's freelance work, so I'm at the end of the day, I'm the only one that I have to answer to. So it's nice to be able to do things the way I want and with so the tools. What have I you want. been using then? To uh, just using Silverstripe. Um, and yeah, just using Silverstripe and CodeKit, and it's just nice working on the Mac as well. Like yeah. having my the workflow that I enjoy, rather than have to do it all through Windows. Um, through Windows, yeah. I don't know if you saw. I was I was setting up Grunt on on Windows. Well, not on Windows, but on an Apache server, so I could you get the the kind of the the nice workflow into into my work environment. So that's been a bit of a oh, cool. a bit of, a bit of an interesting one. But yeah, got there in the end. Nice. Going back to the Twitter thing, isn't it crazy now that we all literally just go to Twitter for anything that's instantly happened? <laughs> you'll just get the hashtag, like London Bridge it was, and you'll find, yes. you'll get the late, it's amazing. Like, it yeah, happens. there's like people on the trains and stuff. And yep. like, yeah, there was a guy on the train that the threat was made on and he was tweeting. So I was getting like these pictures of what was going on inside that train. And then there was people on the station like, putting out pictures of all these armed police still on the station absolutely insane you just you can't like get away from anything can you like you know that's the thing yeah because it wasn't it was something like that it was wasn't that the the big kind of the big breaking moment for twitter because someone well the plane went down in the hudson river in yes that was it and And then that was like the first big one where everyone was kind of everyone found out about this without the use of a news agency or something wasn't it i think twitter i think twitter's a fad you know i mean twitter's gonna die in like at least a week you know (laughs) yeah how about the yeah, uh, when it first came out? All the resistance, like, but it's like, well, I don't want to do that. It's just kind of like, yeah, it's just bragging about what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like well, I don't need to know when you went to the toilet. You know, yeah, and uh, you know, 140 I've, characters hooked into it. Yeah, it's it's awesome. <laughs> and you, Mickey, uh, have you had a, a good week? Um, yeah, not too bad to be honest with you. It's one of those weeks where I, I couldn't really tell you what I did. It was kind of like yeah, uh, all lots of different projects really. But uh, yeah, I'm always amazed like listening to you. You you seem to like. Um, really get into the freelance work and it's not such of a chore for you i i just i've been doing it all this weekend as well and i just i hate it i I don't think i've ever done a freelance project where i've enjoyed it to be honest with you i i just obsess over things and um yeah i've got a big chunk of code which i must have rewritten about three times like (laughs) i just i don't know i think that's probably part of my problem i just obsess too much over it but yeah i i don't know yeah i I don't think i've ever done anything where i've like I've quoted the right amount either. Yes. I always feel like I should have quoted more. But that's uh, the hardest yeah. part though, isn't it? That's the thing. You yeah. always get the guilt when you're, when you're actually putting the quote together, you think, Oh, I should, yeah. I should charge X amount. And then you're like, no, I yeah. can't charge that. Oh my God. That's, yeah. that's horrific. How can I charge that? And then you, you end up like, so true out of guilt, half in your quote. And then mm. the original quote wouldn't have been enough anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. should have doubled the original quote. And you're like, yeah. Oh. Yeah, well, that's uh, I've read I've read numerous numerous times. Like, you know, when you go on on Reddit and and stuff and Reddit web dev, and quite often you'll get someone who's just started out freelancing, and they'll put a post up saying, "Oh, um, I've just started freelancing. Haven't freelancing. Haven't got a clue what I should be charging." And then, like, the general consensus is always, 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 like from multiple people, whatever you think you should charge, double it and then double it again. <laughs> I think that and is a really good bit of advice, actually. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think if you stick to that rule, that, that works pretty well. And that is yeah. what I've done, actually. Um, but, uh, yeah. Should I tell you guys a little bit about what I've done, actually? Because yeah, I was going to talk about the project so, that you're doing. Yeah, so uh, basically there's a couple of bits of work, but the, the second bit is definitely the bulk, and that's uh, he, this chap wants a, like an instant messenger type thing within 
uh, within the browser, like what Facebook's got. Yeah. So uh, I think. Oh, yeah. And uh, obviously in last week's podcast, I shamelessly asked for people for uh, ideas on like open source um, solutions. But anyway, I've sort of gone at it um, in my own way and I've used a combination of things. But obviously I know uh, Ed knows, and I think I mentioned to you guys, that I started off using Node a little bit. Um, but I found that a little bit tricky then integrating that into my PHP application. So I ended up using WebSockets and using a PHP library called Ratchet, which I think, you know, obviously if you've, if you've done that kind of thing, it's quite famous, it's quite a popular one. So uh, I've been using that, which makes it very, very easy, I have to say. Um, but it, basically the idea behind it is, and for anyone, this is probably just like um, sucking lemons for a lot of people who listen to this, but basically like in the old days, and I think I've read that even Facebook did it this way, Originally, with their chat, is they use long polling or uh, reverse AJAX, I think it's also known as. Whereas, literally, they w- what they would do is literally every couple of seconds, they would hit the server with a request to yeah. see if any new messages have been received. So, it's a really, really painful way of doing it. And you can imagine, like, something in the scale of uh, Facebook. If they'd have kept mm. it like that, you would have had huge server problems. Well, maybe not with their setup, but so it's not really scalable. So, the better way of doing it is with WebSockets, you've got this constant open connection where literally as soon as something hits the server, the server lets you know and gives you something back. You don't have to do that check. So there's no like, you know, set timeout every two seconds with jQuery to do an Ajax request or anything like that. Yep. So it's really, really cool. It's really impressive. Uh, and that's it's working really well. And what Ratchet does is takes away a lot of the uh, kind of complicated syntax away. So literally you... All you end up with really is one PHP class, which implements an interface, and you end up with like four compulsory methods, and that's about it. So it does make it really easy. But then there's a couple of things like the, the client wanted something where, like, you know, with Facebook, you can see when a user's typing. Oh, so <laughs> yeah, but I got that working um, the other day. But again, it's probably something that's going to be need to be refactored. But um, I've basically got like a on key up event listener, which is just yep. checking. So, um, yeah, it's working well. I've, I've got like a proof of concept working pretty well and it all needs to be styled up. But essentially, most of it's done now, to be fair. Um, That's cool. Yeah. And, you know, playing with WebSockets has been really cool. It's not something I've done before. Um, yeah, very, very cool. I've really enjoyed it, to be honest with you. But uh, like I say, just I'm terrible at quoting for things. So I probably should have quoted double for this. So, um, but yeah, I've, I'm hoping. Uh, Eventually, I'm going to open source it, and if anyone wants to use it, they can do so. Uh, that is yeah, very I, nice of you, you know. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that is basically my week That's in cool. a nutshell. So, it's interesting because yeah. with long polling, there's another way. I think other people like you know, you've got. I think you've got like the constantly hitting the server type thing. Yeah, yeah. We've also got this. What happens is, is the 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 actual browser keeps the connection open. Like it loads up a page, so it goes and requests for a page. Yeah, but the actual page itself is, I think it like sets itself content time to stream or something, so it doesn't right. close the connection. So it will oh, constantly cool. be updated. Yeah. So it will push some bits of data, but you, of course mm. you'll constantly got this. What happens sometimes? You'll see that your your browser's constantly got the little you know loading up sign, spinny, spinny thing, yeah. because what's happening is it's still saying, "Well, I'm still getting data." Yeah, yeah. When, when are you going to stop giving me data until you say it's stop so, data? So I mean, it, they are worker. Well, they're not workarounds, wow. but they are a good implementation. Well, not good implementations. Isn't that, and that's scalable, is it? Or um, yeah, I suppose because you can. I mean, for like. I think the problem is is stuff like um, 
I think it's it, it was supposed like Apache, which provide, uh, requires that you have a thread for each request. Not really, but stuff like Nginx, which just like says, "Oh, if you're not doing anything with me, I can still, you know, I, I reuse this." So it just uses one thread and it uses event-based yeah. stuff. So I think that is better. But WebSockets is mm. definitely the way to go. I mean, that's you know what it's in very for. very cool. Yeah, yeah. I just realised I said the expression "sucking lemons" when the expression is "sucking eggs," right? This is I, what I have no, I, I've never heard that. I've never heard that saying before. I it's thought we were going to go with reference putting lemons in your eyes, and I thought, well, that would be from a night out where you You know what? It was like squeezing <laughs> lemons lemon in my eyes. Scrim- I'm going to use that expression. <laughs> but you enjoy doing instead. that, so I don't quite understand how, you know, that... <laughs> and on both occasions, you did it voluntarily as well. It wasn't <laughs> yeah. something that was suggested to you. did it when no one was looking as well, so to be honest, that's a null and void. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's classed as voluntary, like when you're you've had so much alcohol that you can't think straight anymore. <laughs> so the alcohol is to blame. Yeah. So Ed, anything uh, from your working week you wanted um, to talk about? Anything anything new you've done? Or uh, so there's a couple of things actually. So um, at work we use something called New Relic. Um, New Relic. And New Relic, and there's a free there's a free version of it which I've started using. Um, what's put it in the show i'll put it in the skype so it's newrelic.com and essentially what it is is it's like stats so it provides you know how much memory you're using how much cpu you're using how much uh, you know bandwidth you're using it also hooks in to php applications as well so it'll work out how much php what's happening in php if there's been any errors etc like that and it's very cool because you can then look back on stuff like saying oh there was a problem at this time or my server's kind of struggling at this time and stuff like that uh, the free account, I think, only gives you, I think, like three days history. But if you get more, uh, if you pay for it, you actually get like a lot longer. You know, even you can look back years on your server. And it's really easy to set up, but it's really good. And I really just think install it on your server and just, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, what I've done now is I've put it, I've stored it on my server and I'm just going to look through it, you know, every couple of days just to make sure and see what's going on. So is that the kind of thing, the kind of information you get from the command line, but they've made a really nice kind of... Um, well, nice interface for you to yeah i suppose i suppose but it's also logging so it's also it provides you over time as well so it's, it's a bit of a okay. like doing it yourself and this way it's like yeah. a service that you can do um yeah. you can also get it on your phone and stuff which is quite nice and it just provides you with that extra information because you know when you've got hunting down a bug or something and you've had some problems you know and really one of the things that this work that i've kind of um invested in as a, as a philosophy is you can't have enough stats for like information you know, yeah. because when a bug happens, you want that information. You need to know and want to know what's going on and, like, you know, what happened at that time. So the more information you have, the better you can actually, you know, kind of replay that bug and work out what's the problem. So I really am a, a, a big fan of New Relic. Yeah. Another thing, actually, uh, is a quite a funny one. So good old Git and Git rebasing. I don't know. Mm. Have you lot had any experience with rebasing in Git? Okay, so I read the whole manual on Git, like the one you get from the Git. Did you really? Yes, I did. Wow. Which was a painful documentary. Dedication. Dedication. But I remember reading about rebasing. Yep. And it was. Don't ah. do this, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. It was like a. Yeah. So I think when you start to learn rebasing, you kind of get rebase happy. Does it remove, like, all your branches and stuff? um, No, it rewrites history. Um, right okay so the idea of it is is that so say you've got your commit so i do you know a couple of commits and stuff and the idea of a good, a good commit is it's specific to that thing got a good title uh there's a couple of blog posts out there how to write good titles and um, and how to write you know your what commit should be um and sometimes you'll find that maybe you'll do a commit and you'll do another commit on top of that and you'll be like well actually these two things could be together really 
or this one overrides that and I don't need to use that anymore, especially when if you're doing a feature. So when you've done a feature branch and you want to merge it into master. So what you then do is you, uh, the idea is you use something called a rebase and you can do an interactive rebase. And what that does is it actually changes history. So with Git, each commit is a SHA hash. I think I've, I've told yeah. you that. Yeah. So each yeah. commit is SHA hash. And that SHA hash is based on, to make it so it's actually very good at being like, you know, there's been a mistake. It's based on, you know, its parent and stuff like that. So if you change one of these hashes, it changes the hashes for every single commit after that as well. Right. So that's okay if you're working on your own. Uh, you know, because, you know, you're not changing. Now, the trouble is, is that I started uh, my builder. Like I was just doing small, you know, little changes so I could do it myself. But then I started working with someone else and I still started, did some force because what you have to do is force push it. And I did some rebasing and yeah. doing some rebasing changes history. So obviously when they pull it back down, they're like, whoa, what's happened? You know, the whole history's changed and get kind oh, of, no. you know, goes a bit crazy. Uh, you yeah. can get yourself out of it. But the, the the way I've kind of gone about it now is to definitely each git commit you do, so each commit you do, make it specific, make it as specific as you want, and also write a really good title because what, especially in a feature, so you draw all these commits and stuff and just mount them up. It doesn't matter. Go commit happy. really doesn't matter. Mm. Just don't rebase when you're working with someone else until the right. end. So when at the end, what you'll do is you two will both sit down and then you'll work out and you'll provide, you know, so what we were able to do, I, I, we had like, I think I did like 40, 45 commits and we were able to get it down to about seven or eight commits that were, you know, specific. Right. Um, and it was really good. Like, you know, and that's the way I should do it, you know, because no, well, I'm quite kind of trigger happy where I'm like, well, no, I can clean these up now and stuff. But you can do that mm. if you're on your own, but you are asking for disaster. Um and another thing is like kind of rebasing other people's commits because one thing I realized was if you do git rebase and then dash i and like normally what you do is head and then you do the little tilde and you'll say how many git commits back you want to do. Mm. I didn't realize that any commit, I thought it would only change the commits that, you know, you've said to change, but actually it changes all the ones on there and it makes you think that you've rewrote them. So some of the commits on this on this branch was me, um, re, me rebasing another person's commit which was quite fun <laughs> so it looked really weird so in the end we had to cherry pick and the cherry pick is like literally taking that commit that you've done and actually just putting it on another branch and cherry picking our my commits on top of the uh, you know onto the actual base branch that i wanted it to be on um mm. so git is awesome git is awesome it's a really simple idea do you feel like your uh, your knowledge of git has infinitely oh, increased massively, massively having to use it i mean uh, yeah. I, i'm i started off initially using like tower and stuff at work and now I'm trying mm. to slowly transition on, in, onto the terminal because I do still feel the terminal is probably the best way. I mean, it still mm. is the best. And actually, it feels more secure because you're safe. Like, I know what the commands are doing. Um, yeah. And it is weird when you first start off with Git. But really, once you get into it, it makes so much sense. Another thing I've got, and this is a really good one. And I think you're going to have to borrow this book or buy this book. Karma Sutra. It's not the Karma Sutra. So the, the, what it is, is called Modernizing Legacy Applications in PHP. This was actually, um, there was a talk uh, given by this guy. I think his name's Paul Jones. And right. it, it was called, it was it was like that when I got here, Steps to, Toward Modernizing a Legacy Codebase. This sounds vaguely from it. This is like retrospectively, uh, like legacy code. Well, the code that you've cut, yeah. I mean, PHP code that's include hell, you know, um, yeah. and stuff like include driven development or something. And spaghetti it was actually, code. Spaghetti, yeah. And he was on uh, that podcast, you know, the one where we had Bo and he was talking yeah. about his pattern, which is um, kind of a an update on MVC called Action Domain Responder. 
um mm. and i highly recommend actually oh, i can't do it justice so i'll put it in the show notes the actual podcast on that and it's very interesting um mm. but he's his book that I, i'm re- i'm gonna buy this week is modernizing legacy applications in php and it goes through um step by step ways to get achieved like so simply having a rewrite sometimes isn't the way forward you know because you can't just mm. you know stop you know say you've got this application that's working you know you can't just yeah. say okay well let's just stop halt development on that and mm. let's just rewrite you know the whole thing from scratch because what was you know this one these you know features and stuff and everyone's you know feature yeah. happy so what we want to do that you know is the idea is then instead is to refactor short refactoring so it doesn't feel as nice for the developer but what this book then does, it kind of gives you step by step saying, OK, so this is, you know, how you would add an autoloader to your spaghetti code. This is how you add dependency injection to your spaghetti code. And eventually, you know, how your unit tests, eventually you'll be able to, with the code that you've got, this include how, you know, that you've, with small steps, you'll be able to actually go through and actually make something that's testable, up to date, uses the latest things, you know, being able to, you know, test mm-hmm. it in the right way. Um, and also, you you know, develop in the right way. You know what? That's really interesting. But I mean, that's something that we're trying to do at work with um, with one of our projects. And the issue we've got, I've done exactly the same thing. Like brought in like a SPL also register, and I obviously brought in a lot more kind of class based code. But I'm reluctant to say it's OO code because it's really not. Mm. And until I can get to the point where, say, like everything is driven through one file, and yeah, because fr- fr- yeah, you want the front controller, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Until I can get to that point, I, I wouldn't call it a, an OO uh, project. No. And I think doing that, that that is massively difficult. It'd be interesting well, if he does that in the he book. Does, he does. He does. But yeah, yeah. I mean, but he does it step. I honestly recommend you buy this book, man, because he does it mm. step by step. Uh, when, yeah. it, when he was talking about this, I was like, this is ideal for people who have to deal with legacy code, you know, code, yeah. you know, done, you know, because before, you know, people did, you know, this stuff in the PHP world specifically, you know. Where yeah. it, you do have loads of includes and you do just kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how would you go about that? If you had like a hundred, you know, like files of procedural well, code th- or this whatever. Goes, I mean, this goes through, this tells you, this this really is like that type of book for it. That's interesting. So okay. Definitely recommend that. One for the list, yeah. One for the list indeed. And then another one. So test-driven design, or no, not test-driven design, test-driven development, sorry. TDD, um, yeah. TDD. So uh, I, you know... I, I mean, my background is I work with you guys and then oh. I worked on my own, for, you know, and I worked yeah. with, on my own for a bit, you know, freelance and stuff. So, yeah. you know, during the TDD stuff, I kind of did it myself. And my philosophy was really, look, I don't see the point in, well, I don't see and the, I, we have this recorded on podcast. You do, saying, we do. I don't, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, 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 I don't see the point in testing. I said, I said. Behavior I, driven development, right? That was your, your old, no, well, your old attitude. Well, no, because they're both the same. This is, this is what I'm going to say. Like, it's quite funny. Okay. So right. I, I believe that, you know, you could do it after the fact, you know, like as long as you yeah. do a, you know, when you do your commit, you know, you do your, pro, you know, you do your feature or you do your bug fix, you're right, you know, well, hopefully your bug fix, you know, there's already a test for it, but maybe you have to change the test, you do a refactor, you change the test or something. You do it afterwards. Um, working here, like working when I worked on this uh, fe- this feature, I actually did it the TDD way, working with someone who's had experience in it. And it was a breath of fresh air. It yeah. really was quite amazing. So, But the, one thing he, he kind of got me onto was this video, and I'll put this in the show notes as well. And it's it's called from Ian Cooper. And it's called TDD, Where Did It All Go Wrong? Because I think our problem with TDD is we think we have to unit test everything. And we assume that a unit is a class. You know, so we're saying, okay, that class, we're going to mm. test, you know, everything that that class yeah. does. And what we end up then doing is because it has to be duct tested in isolation, in quotes, we mock everything. 
And um, mocking mm-hmm. is the idea that, you know, you're faking these things, you're yeah. building them up, you know, because you, you want to see, test that the behavior is working in them and stuff like that. Well, you'll mock them. And there's another thing that you'll, you'll add dummies yeah. and stuff. You add these fakes in pretty much for it. Um, and that gets very, that, that's very brittle because once you've changed the implementation again, you know, the underlying implementation, you'll, it will break the test and people get really annoyed. And they're like, well, I've got more problem dealing with my test than I do actually dealing with the code itself. So they'll stop. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think that's one thing where he kind of, and he was actually yeah. going back to Kent Beck's book, the original book and saying, look, Kent Beck didn't say that. You know, he said that, you know, a unit is a, a unit of code is, you know, a unit in, in itself that it can be comprised of many classes, but it's a unit of feet functionality. Mm. Yeah, something doing one, t- you know, it's a fu- you know, one unit one of functionality. Task. So you can test that, you know, in isolation. That should be tested. Yeah. So you shouldn't have to mock everything. Things that should be mocked maybe are, you know, your database layer, you know, when you're bringing that in or the file system. But you shouldn't have to mock everything and you shouldn't mock everything because it's not actually then testing yeah. anything. It's just testing the mocks, which is completely a joke. So he goes through this in this video and it's so, it's a breath, it really is eye opening. Uh, and it does kind of turn you on to actually TDD does sound quite cool then because, you know, it does make sense in that way. Um, but it now opens up a other host of things where I'm doing it in yeah. this TDD way where he, you know, Kvan was making these things and, uh, like there's so many different types of, so you have mocks, fakes, stubs, dummies, and all these things, and they're all used in different ways and spies and stuff like that. Um, you know, for actually testing these things and there's different objects that you use yeah. that you maybe implement the interface, mm. you know, that you, you're testing. So you don't want to test that thing per se. You just want to test that it actually triggers something on that. So you'll use a spy on that or something um and it's really interesting like i i can't do it justice i've got some links in it i'll put in the show notes and stuff but i really kind of opening up you know kind of this idea but dealing with big programs and dealing with big software you know and and that uh, you know tests are invaluable and the, the types of tests you use you know i guess the downside of what you were just talking about like and like say say one task kind of exists over like five different classes that you know come together to make this one task is then say someone refactors one one of those you classes. shouldn't ever test to mm. an implementation. You should test to a con- You should test to like a, a boundary. So yeah. that this idea. It's called the hexagonal, hexagonal yeah. architecture or something. So your boundaries. So you test the boundary of where it hits, not the implementation. Because yeah. as you say, you're right. You're very much right. Is that it will break. So mm. you're testing the, you know, that it does, you know, from the outside, yeah. not from the inside. Maybe there is like an algorithm or something that's really, you know, yeah. important and complex. You can test that in isolation. You know, I mean, that's fine, but that test will break a lot easier, you know, because of, you know, but you shouldn't be testing everything in isolation. It should be the boundaries that are tested. Um, and, and that's really cool. Can I just ask, uh, just out of curiosity, just segueing completely here, but uh, with your your new workplace and stuff, and also you're doing things now the way they, they do it, are, are they fans of like the... Um, a singleton pattern or a factory pattern or what, what's their kind of um, well that? i mean design i mean design patterns are like anything aren't they like yeah. i think do you got a whole like, mixture or is it like yeah one? i mean you use you use what you use you know, the one I think for the right job I it guess. was interesting because i think a factory pattern is actually um it shows you've got a bad design or something or no a factory yeah. an abstract factory shows you've got a bad design or something so a factory of factories and stuff like that factories um, factories yeah factories of factories of factories etc so it is quite interesting like hearing that and stuff but you know i think it's kind of it's similar to like 
you know, like we, you know, say, oh, we're going to use PHP for the job, but you know, mm. we're developers and we're going to yeah. use whatever we, what tools we need, the right you know, tool for the right yeah, job. Yeah, you know, and and you, I think we get kind of design pattern happy sometimes where we really want mm. to use that design pattern. It's like, I really want to use a strategy here, even though it probably makes no sense to use a strategy pattern. I'm going to use it, and it's like, no, <laughs> do it the simple way. You know, keep it clean. You know, keep it simple. Yeah, I was talking to my friend Nick, and he said he can always see like. Sometimes in like code base, you'll see that someone started using like the singleton pattern over and over. You can tell they've just learned it and they're so excited and they've just used it everywhere. Oh, like, I think, yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, because you're happy to use it. You're like, yeah, it's like this cool, shiny thing, isn't it? You know, it's like, I'm going to use it. But they um, don't say it's not OO. And yeah. Well, but, I mean, it, it serves a purpose. You know, I think yeah. people kind of get very angry. It's, it's hard to mock, it's hard to test. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, sorry to interrupt your your flow there. No, no, it's fine. But yeah, so they, you know, you use what you need to use. Um, I think yeah. the things that I've kind, of, another thing actually from this video series was that you know we've got this whole other emphasis on BDD, which is behavioural driven development. Yes. Um, actually, in Ken Beck's book, he was he wasn't talking of you know testing. It is actually behaviour. You're testing that the behavior, that's the thing. So it's the boundary, but it's the behaviour of that you know that unit you're testing, not how yeah. it makes it, but the behaviour of how it makes it. Yeah. And it's funny, look, he goes back to the book and says, look, he was actually saying this back, you know, 10, 20, you know, 10, 15 years ago now, Yeah, you know, already. So yeah. it's funny how we've got these extra things that have been layered on. But I don't know if you're like me. I mean, I've not actually ever read the Kent Beck version of the no. book, version of the book. I've read other people's versions of the book and their interpretations. And it's funny how things can change, like Chinese yeah. whispers where, you know, yeah. something changes over time. Yeah. Um, and, you know it's funny going back to the source and being like, well, actually he said that already. Like I say, I mean, the only thing I, you know, I listened to that whole debate and like when he said, basically, look, I'm not saying you have to use it. I'm just saying this is the way I do it. And he was like, when I, he learned as a kid and that was the way he learned to do it. Yeah, was that like, was, yeah exactly. It's crazy anything. how people get wound up about it. It's like, use it if you want to use it. Don't, if you don't. End I think, off. I- I think another thing is I think people become religious to things. And I think they, yeah, it's like yeah. a language. It's like people come, oh, yeah, I love PHP or I love Python. You know, I love yeah. Scala or I love Clojure yeah. and stuff. Well, you know, you can, but don't get too obsessed with anything. Like, things are going to change, you know. Like, yeah. I think people become too kind of religious over things. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, like, yeah. like their favorite football team or something, you know, where it's like, well, you're going to change this, you know. Yeah. Don't preach too much that your way is right. Exactly, because, because you'll be found out in a year's time yeah. that you were wrong. But I think exactly. people then try and twist it into that they're right. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. But another fight. Well, one of the final things on the geeky mm. talk is um, active record and data mapper, and these are actually patterns. So these are design. Uh, well, patterns of design. Yeah, that were found in uh, patterns enterprise application. Ar- no, what was it called? It was called patterns of enterprise application architecture in Martin Fowler's book. Do you know what the difference between active record and data mapper is? No. Because I had no idea either. I was like, "There's a different like what what I yeah. thought." You know, we all use Active Record. You know, like things like Propel, Eloquent. Um, I mean, Code Night as one was kind of Active Record, but not really. Like you know, Ruby's one and stuff like that. Mm. Um, it was really interesting because that well, they're both. So the idea of both of them is to persist data, you know, in an mm. object-oriented way. You know, so an Active Record though it encompasses both the responsibility of the behavior of that thing. So say like a user. The, what the user can do but also how to persist the user as well so you know like you'll make a user you'll set its name you know to my, michael and it's sent it to bud you know and then you'll save it and you'll, you'll call a method on that and normally that user class will extend you know eloquent or extend like you know a base orm you know class that's used for that active record and you can query on it etc like that yeah. um 
But the trouble is that is that's breaking the solid principles. Or it's breaking the first one massively because you're uh, you're binding, you know, two single responsibilities, you know, the persistence and the behavior. Into two. And what you'll then end up, and I've always had this with using active records, and you always see it everywhere, is you'll get God classes because you will get classes <laughs> that are just huge because the responsibility, oh, it's the responsibility of that, you know, et cetera, like that. You know, you'll just put it in. Yeah. Um, so the idea, another one is, and they, it's funny because they both came into the book from my father, it's called Data Mapper. And in the PHP world, it's called Doctrine, and it's Doctrine 2. So Doctrine 1, I think, used the active record, and that's what gets it confusing because I always thought Doctrine's the same, like, as, you know, everything else we use active record but doctrine two uses something called data mapping the idea here is you split them out so you have you have these uh, pretty much not dumb objects but the behavior classes which you know provide like the user and stuff and they're literally just bog standard classes you know like php classes objects you handle those and then you'll have something called a um an entity like i think it's a i can't remember what it's called like in in um in uh, doctrine but it's this other class that you use uh, and it's this other thing it's peer i think and you're passing saying okay can you please you know persist this object and that object knows how to persist to whatever data store maybe xml maybe you know relation with normally relational data you know a relational database uh you know how to persist it so you're not meshing the two in you know to the same thing you know you're you've got your behavior in the user i mean you probably want to spread that out a bit as well and then the complexity of actually persisting that is stored in another class and also things like that are quite cool because what in the case of active record and stuff when you click you know when you do these actions on active record normally what happens is they happen instantaneously you know you'll update the name maybe it will persist it it'll up you know do that uh, immediately yeah. what you can do with this is you can do a load of different things deal with a lot of different object trees and stuff like that object maps uh you know maybe there's like you know your user's got roles blah 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 blah, blah or going all crazy and stuff and at the end of what you do is with this is you'll say it'll do a method called flush or something like that and what that then does is it does something called a unit of work which is another pattern in this book which is it will actually build it, it obviously now it knows to the best way of actually persisting that to the database yeah because it's able to say well you only did this you know you try and change that twice or well, you know i only need to do it this once and stuff like that and it would do it in a much better transaction uh which is a lot nicer so it's both kind of it, it may it just makes to me it just makes sense like it was crazy i was thinking how have i not done this before uh um, yeah. you know like everyone should be using data mapping um so that that was another cool kind of thing this week i mean nice. well just yeah so I've just been yabbing on for a long, long time. So I'll let you guys. <laughs> That's quite uh, okay. Got, yeah. I actually do. So I've got another two. Well, I've got uh, four links that I have to show you. So we all know yep. that the new iPhone came out this week and yes. the keynote was awesome. And at the end, yep. there was a band called U2. Now, never heard of never heard of I yeah. know. Well, exactly, because that's actually linking on. So if you go to a website called whoisu2.com, <laughs> you'll see the tweets of people saying, because what happened is their their album came onto, because it was iCloud. Completely it? free. Yeah, they just yeah. they just put it onto everyone's, didn't they? Right. It was hilarious. Phone, is that right? Yep, that's it. Because yeah. people on their tweets like, who who are this U2 and why are they on my phone? It's it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, so people don't know oh, who you are. kidding U2 me? Are, which is kind of sad. I'm thinking, oh, am I old that now? That makes me feel old. Yeah, it's, definitely. No, these people, must know like that is uh, their tweets, i wouldn't read their tweets out loud they're quite rude but some people definitely don't know who you two are uh but i think it was quite Shut weird up. of apple to do that that is weird you know like, well i think it is yeah. compete with like you know uh like android they 
You got like a Jay Z album, didn't they? It was I huge. Did, I never got a free. I don't really like Jay Z anyway. But <laughs> I want my free Jay Z album. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't like yeah, it. but I still I'd want it. Delete it straight away. From? But <laughs> I think it's like a limited time thing. But yeah, it was oh. huge at the time. Like uh, I think Android struck this huge deal with to have this uh, Jay Z album. Um, yeah, I think there was like a limited amount of downloads. But yeah, I remember people at work got it. So I think it's to compete with that, and obviously. Apple's got a huge, like, uh, long-term relationship with you two, haven't they? And yeah, they, they used to be in all their ads and win. stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So, what, what did you guys think of that? Actually, if we can spend a little uh, the iPhone, few minutes what, on. the iPhone. And yeah, the I didn't Apple watch. watch. Mm. Yeah, I didn't watch the the keynote. I saw I saw bits of the keynote. Um, but the iPhone didn't really excite me. But the watch, I thought, was sweet. Not really good. Because I, I, I agree. Seen, yeah. Have you seen the the Moto three sixty? No, no, what's that? Or it's coming. It's Motorola's like new Android watch, and it looks really, yeah. really smart. Um, and I kind of looked down. I got a little bit excited by it, but then having seen the the Apple Watch, like it, it does look. It looks phenomenal. I really want one, but obviously really I've does, got Android, yeah. so uh, yeah. yeah, it wouldn't be much use for me. Because I've been thinking, like in the last six months, I've been kind of having my eye on getting myself like a GPS watch just so I can take it when I go. Oh, good timing! Yeah. Good something. timing. Um, yeah, and then yeah. I was just about to spend a silly amount of money on on a GPS watch, and then all these all these kind of good <laughs> smartwatches started getting mm. uh, announced. And now I'm all confused because I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> Is it <laughs> sort of three hundred and fifty dollars or something? I think yeah, it's yeah, I think so. I guess we'll like get it for three hundred and fifty quid. Yeah, um, that's how they do it. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, it does look phenomenal. Like it looks really, really cool. And yeah, mm. I, I want one. But I, I, I don't agree. know. It, I kind of, I still kind of. <laughs> Think that it, it might be a little bit in, in its infancy um, I think in terms of yeah. features buy, and stuff. If you buy the first version, you always mm. know you're kind of the beta tester, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah, you know. But then you also get the street cred of saying I was there at the beginning, you know. And, so, and who can wait for the second generation? You know, like, exactly. Oh, yeah. People, but, you know. I didn't think I'd be interested. I thought it was quite a gimmicky device. I was like, no, yeah. I'm not really interested. And I saw the video and I was like, I, I'm getting oh, this. It's so cool. It's annoying. Yeah, because I've not even worn yeah. a watch for... for <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I have yeah. eight years. I'm on one but for years, one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah, whatever <laughs> price, I'm getting it. Yeah. I, I love it because when it first got released on the... I think it was the Thursday, wasn't it? I was like, yeah. I think that was when the keynote, I was like, oh, this is a bit, you know, I wasn't going to... But the last couple of days, it's kind of like thought, I've been looking on the website and I'm like, this actually looks quite cool. Uh, mm. You know, and I'm like, oh, you know, yeah, maybe, yeah. So you you kind of are mm. swaying the sides. I mean, Definitely. the iPhone six, I don't like the curves, but I'm sure you'll get, I'll get used to that. I don't like the fact that we've, we, I, I'm amazed that Apple actually did. I mean, I know they need to for like the um, Asian markets and stuff, but like get a bigger size phone. Like you know, both of them are bigger. It's quite crazy. Yeah, know? yeah. I don't I'm know if it's going to be too big. You know, I I, I don't want to know. Uh, yeah, for me, I, I like the size as it is, but yeah, I know like loads of Android users. Like, yeah, but they're Android want... users, you know, they can just bugger mm. off. No, Jacob. It. <laughs> but <laughs> I think, I mean, wasn't the six the one that Steve Jobs was apparently working on? So, um, I know. Or was that I'd... the five? I don't. I think he was like he was like one yeah, phone was one ahead a couple of what... years. Are, yeah, a couple of years yeah. after he died, there was still yeah. I know that yeah. Tim Cook. This uh, he was really happy with the Apple Watch because this was his first mm. kind of baby. You know, his one that he's done from the yeah. start. So yeah, yeah. I think this was a huge keynote for Apple. Actually, I think this was the one that people were like, "How are they going to survive?" After well, because they got this fud, didn't they? You know, it's like, oh, yeah. you know, what's happening with Apple? They're falling, and it's like, wow, pressure's on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But they did knock it out of the park. I think they did. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And actually, leading on with because iOS eight obviously is coming out soon. 
Yeah, um, what are the big changes? I, yeah, I there doesn't really... seem to be anything big on iOS. Well, if, so, you, if, if you go to popkey.co, popkey.co, you'll see the most important change that you're able to do now with the iPhone or the iOS. You say hop key as in no, H-O-P. No, pop, P, uh, P-O-P. Oh, hop key. Gotcha. GIF keyboard. Yeah. Why not? You know, oh, you can have custom oh, keyboards. Man. Now you can have a GIF keyboard. That's GIF pretty cool. It's quite, I mean, you know, everyone needs their memes, you know? So this is what my Android friends were saying. Oh, yeah, we've had this for years. Yeah, but well, you know oh, what? Cool. I didn't know about that. Let me see. Uh, <laughs> so funny. Key. Is it called Popkey on Android as well? I'm not sure, actually, but I just thought it was hilarious. I, I mean, the couple of things with iOS 8 is that now you can use, well, Swift is a big thing, uh, you know, the alternative yeah. language. Um, and Swift 1 uh, was released, 1.0, finally. There was a couple of, it was quite funny because I was I was looking through it uh, throughout, I think I remember Dale Rees talking about it initially when he came on. Um, mm. And I was looking, like I started playing around with it and stuff. Like my way of learning a language is normally like doing algorithms in it and stuff. Like my yeah. hello world is doing a merge short because why not? <laughs> um, and so I was looking around on it and stuff. And it's funny that like, you know, like it was different releases, like different betas of Xcode then said, oh yeah, now we have like access modifiers. So in the first ones, you didn't have private, public, you know, yeah. so it was quite hilarious how it changed over time. But finally we've got 1.0 Swift and Swift is a lovely looking language. Um, but yeah, so yeah. that that kind of is awesome. But I, other than that, I mean, I can't think of anything that kind of I remember. So you've had a play with Swift now, then? Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. love it. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, very nice. Um, looking forward to hopefully playing around with it because we're going to be building an app um, starting next cool. week, maybe. So that'd be interesting. But no matter what, I'll be. There was another thing we did um, that came got me because he started implementing this uh, Radix tree or tray, right? Because uh, they caught a tray after retrieve, ha ha ha. Uh, and right. I was like, "Well, I want to implement this." So I did that in PHP, and now I'm going to implement it in Swift as well. You can see it on my <laughs> my GitHub. If you're sad, you can look at my GitHub for it. But yeah, oh, so that cool. was quite fun. Um, yeah. And actually, leading on from that, there is a link I'll give you, and it's so one nice. I mean, algorithms are quite cool because you know, obviously, you explaining them can be quite hard though. Mm. I find, and I'll put it in my show notes and this is a link that i found on hacker news a couple of weeks back and it is amazing it's visualization it's the best i mean a lot of people have tried visualizations of algorithms but this to me is the best and it visualizes these algorithms and how they work and it's a great oh, way of cool. learning yeah. you know i mean i was thinking because obviously you're going back to uni soon that yeah. you know maybe some of these out you know you'll be doing these algorithms what better place than actually getting a visual representation of how they actually are doing their work I have to say, like, when I was doing some algorithms last year, even with visual representation, I sometimes found the visual more confusing than oh, the, no. <laughs> the, the code well, representation. Don't look, so definitely don't look at... Oh, no, the code. The code's brilliant. I mean, it's the, normally, for me, it's the explanation they do, like, on wikis it's and when, stuff. It kind of, like, explain like, like node exploration and all that kind of thing, like, where it goes and how it comes back. I, I always get confused by that kind of stuff, like... Um, but this looks pretty good, actually. It is really not. And another link, actually, another visualization, but it's more kind of, oh, it's just it's just awesome. It's called the Infinite Jukebox. I put that in the thing as well. Um, yeah. So I've put two links in. So the, the second one, I think you're all going to love. So if you go to that, you can upload a song, and it will actually go through that song, picking out points that you can actually make the song infinite. So like, really? yeah, it, it works out like beats and you can actually make the song just go forever. Like oh, in certain areas, cool. it's insane. Like, and it will be flawless. Yeah. So, you know, like being able to say, like, I, I went on there and I, of course, uploaded, uh, you know, uh, Will Smith's, you know, Fresh Prince Bel-Air song. 
uh, you know you go through and it will then create these like areas saying oh yeah we can actually if you link to here to here you can then play that bit constantly and it will sound and flawless it's amazing it's so sad but amazing this is kind That's of awesome. the website kind of looks depressed. like a, i was just gonna say when i see how like amazing people are this just really depresses me like but um, <laughs> yeah that looks they've awesome. got too much time on their hands or they're just geniuses mm. what are you gonna say about the website yeah, it's a really cool looking website as well because it's not like one of these new kind of you know how like every yeah, website yeah. looks the same these Flat days. Design. It looks like something from ten years ago that some genius has put together with no yeah design input whatsoever, and it's on, awesome. Uh, GeoCities or something, yeah, yeah. on MySpace, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. No, it's cool, man. I like it. Yeah, right, it, have a little play around with it for some songs, and you will be amazed. It's addictive as well because you'll just start playing a song and you'll play it for about an hour. I think I did yeah. that. I did it with a Cat and Crow song. So, so how, that, how, yeah. how long are the sections? Is it? Can you say I want it to be a two-minute section or a one-minute section or a 20-second? So you upload the song and then it will process it. And yep. then it will actually like create this kind of – I mean, it's probably best actually to do it. Like You'll get this like like circle and it will have like all these l- links, like these nodes that you can click on. And then it will like – if you click on them, then it will join. It, it Better off playing around with it. It's really cool. I'll give that a go. It looks pretty cool. Mm. It's very cool. Um, but that's actually, I'm linked out now. That, those are all the links I've kind of curated over oh. the last couple of weeks. Well, I was going to ask Fraser, because I don't know if I've dreamt this or what, but um, yeah. obviously our guest last week was talking about Gulp. And I'm yes. sure you tweeted about you'd use Gulp or something. I did, yeah. I was, that's what I was saying at the, at the start of the show. I was trying to get it working so I could have a similar yeah. experience to CodeKit on my, my PC environment. So yeah. it was a bit, i say it was a slow afternoon. It's never a slow afternoon, but like with it being Friday <laughs> afternoon, it was kind of, I, yeah. I wanted to do this. It's something the brain's dead for a while. The brain yeah. is yeah. Um, so my kind of little plan for myself was to set up, uh, set up node and then gulp on one of our dev servers. And then we're running mm. quite an old version of Ubuntu on our, our dev server. So it's 11.10 that we're running. Mm. which is quite quite ancient so it was quite a struggle just to get node installed in the first place just so i could install gulp with the the node package manager yeah we had to go through all these different processes we had to update the the the, what was it i would have given up yeah we had to update the package files so we could point to the correct thing so we could actually get it and it took yeah it took about an hour and a half until we actually had node install well it took about an hour and a half before we got to a stage where we could install it then we had to unpack it and sometimes it's just easier to update the uh distro in it it really is that's the thing because it was kind of too scary because i guess you from from working there you know what it's like like there's loads and loads of sites on there so if we update the distro (laughs) it'll just it it will kill everything (laughs) like there's nothing there's everything that could possibly go wrong will go wrong yeah yeah um yeah so i got that working and then um installed Gulp and that was fairly painless and got Gulp working and uh, yeah from there I went to actually set it up on a project and I was getting all these error messages when I was when I was actually starting Gulp so I'd set my I'd, I'd uh, set all the all the dependencies and stuff that I wanted to pull in and everything that I wanted to, to actually get running and every time I started Gulp it was coming up with a coming no every time I tried to get Gulp running on the local project it was coming up with an error Solid. couldn't for the life of me work yeah it was and it was a really kind of I've I've written a little blog about it, but it was basically it was saying that it couldn't. um, It was yeah, it couldn't. It didn't have the permissions to write to my. I can't even remember which file it was. It was my something JSON file anyway. It didn't have the the permissions to write to it, and then it transpired that that was because it couldn't change the ownership of it to the the user. user, Yeah, to the user. And long story short, it took like another two hours or something to actually work out why it was doing this. And the reason it was doing this because the site was running off um, 
a NAS which we'd mounted, which was running NTFS, and it couldn't change the owner on the NTFS drive, so I had to then move it to the main the main drive Solid. and got it working that way. Oh. So yeah, that was about five o'clock. So like about five o'clock, five fifteen, I actually got to a stage where I was I was saving my JavaScript and it was uh, it was uglifying it and spitting out a, a, a minified version. Yeah. It was doing the same with my CSS as well, so it's good. Um, and I've nice. got I need to tweak or play around with the auto reload because I hadn't got that working by the time I left, but uh, it, it kind of. Yeah, it was good, and it's kind of nice to... I always like getting through those things where you sit there and you're really, really struggling, and then all of a sudden it all comes to, to light and, and starts doing what it needs to do. But it was, it's was it been it's been good. Um, I'm not going to bother trying to get on Grunt, because I think Gulp does everything that I need it to. So, yeah, I'm going to... Gulp's the hip new thing, you know? I know, that's yeah. the new streams. That's what all the kids are using these days. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, a week later you'll find something else. I'm trying to think of something, another one we begin with G. Yeah, if anyone brings know. anything out, I'm going to literally find them, and I'm going <laughs> to... Kick <laughs> their ass. Yeah. 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 Don't bring anything out cooler than that. Very cool. How about you, Mickey? What Have you found anything cool this week? Uh, you know what? I think I'm left out now, but um, I really have When haven't... are you going back to work? Uh, not work. Obviously, you're, you're at work. Yeah. Uh, wh- <laughs> when are you going back to uh, uni? So I have another three weeks. I'm thinking three I'm back weeks? In. Wow. So, um, yeah, that's that's pretty terrifying. It, I it really has you start in September. It's the end of September, so I think it's... Uh, I don't know if it's three weeks. You know what? Right? It might be two weeks. It might it's be like, two yeah, weeks. It's, I think it's a 28 for something. So, uh, boom. Yeah, it's pretty well like two oh, weeks. It's an easy life being a student, isn't it? All this time off you. <laughs> you get it yeah, off. you know, exactly. They're <laughs> yeah, loving I, it and you're hating it. So much spare time. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> but no, <laughs> yeah. that, I, that will be awesome. I am kind of petrified with the baby and stuff. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to get back on that. I, I think the modules I picked are like C. And oh, that'd be cool. I think I've done another one on like. Um, like it's it's like graphics based like for computer games and stuff so oh wow okay You're don't quote me on that like unreal and stuff like that you know yeah yeah but that would be good because i i don't feel like i've been learning too much new stuff recently if well, i'm being you've been so honest. lazy as well you know you've I've had a baby lazy. you know you've had work i mean god you know what honestly like when you do have a baby like it is so hard to uh, spend time and learn other stuff i'd love to have a look at um well, we just talk about gulp, yeah, yep. and uh, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. But it's just so little time, and uh, yeah, you know, maybe the freelance stuff is a bit of a mistake as well. But at least I've got to play with WebSockets, so that's that's pretty. That's awesome. what I was just about yeah. to say. You know, at least you have been able yeah. to kind of look at something pretty damn cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That has been very cool. Yeah, yeah. Can't, can't how play. is uh, how is little Toby? Little Toby is doing really well. T Bone, T Bone is his T Bone is yeah, not T Bag, T Bone. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's really really good. But like, yeah, like I say, like everything kind of fades into insignificance. Like when you have a baby, just you just want to you want to get home from work and you just want to play with the baby. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's all good. I really can't complain. But uh, yeah, I do feel like I'm falling a bit behind on the uh, on the dev side of things. But to be expected, and that's life. So just get on with it. That's what they all say. Yeah. That's like, yeah. But yeah, you guys got any other links or anything? Or I haven't actually got anything else. Like, I, I, I no, kind I've of got nothing. I kind of like just literally just shouted it all out, blurted it all out at the beginning, which is kind of sad. It was um, a good little ramble, to be good fair. Little ramble, eh? You know. Um, is yeah. there anything else I can talk about? That I did see Lou by the way the other day. Just, did you? Oh, oh. Let all the lessons know he is oh, alive thanks, and well. Man. What, did, <laughs> wait, how, what was he up to? He was down in Birchington seeing a man about a dog. Ah, sweet. Yeah, so he popped in. And, Did he get uh, the dog? Or? 
he, he might have. Or a dog, was that a euphemism yeah. for him buying lots and lots of illegal drugs? <laughs> you know it. <laughs> oh no, he's not like that. But yeah, <laughs> uh, it was kind of like mortgage business, I think. Yeah. But um, right. yeah, he said you know he might be back on at some point. So oh, that's really good. That's yeah. awesome. I hope he'll be, be back fun. on. Busy, yeah. busy, busy person. Yeah, absolutely. Busy, busy. Uh, yeah. do, I, I like the fact you're trying to do like a little bit of kind of a, a stall for someone to actually well, think of I'm trying to think if I have anything more productive to say. I mean, I've got my wow. quiz questions, but I don't know where they've gone. Um, <laughs> I say I could probably remember a couple of them. Oh, it, we could always say that. I mean, well, I tell you what, they're not, they're not questions. I will, I will just show you a couple of things that I did prepare for the quiz on that infamous night where I thought Abby was going into labour and yep. she wasn't. She wasn't, but, uh, but then she did eventually, and that's when Toby's around. Yeah, just exactly. Know, you know, he just. Um, I guess so. I think I told you about this here, but I'm not Fraser. But yeah, if, Fraser, have you heard of Workers with JS with JavaScript? Um, no. So basically, uh, it just allows you to, you can literally, uh, with the syntax, I think it's like new worker, and then you pass in a JavaScript file, so it might be like cheese.js. Okay. And what it does is, it, it just means that there's no like locking in the code, so it will start doing that script, but it oh, won't fire it off in another hot. process. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I just started playing around with it, and I was just doing simple things like, you know, doing a count or something in the background. Yeah. So I think it'd be quite cool with something like Google Analytics, which I guess you both have pretty had experience where it just takes ages to do something. And, and obviously a lot of people used to complain about like like ads on websites where you, you get that blocking um, that locking and the rest of the site doesn't load, especially if they've got them at the top of the file. But yeah, you can use that JS Worker to do something asynchronously in the background. That's true. And is that that's just a, a native part of JavaScript, is it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, is it, is it ES6 or has it actually been released yet? Like, I don't know. They always think <sighs> it. You know what? I'm not 100% sure. I was using it in Chrome, which always. Yeah, you know, it's the latest it's okay. and greatest. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, I uh, I don't know. But it's pretty cool. Like I said, I can't think of too many uses that I would use it for at the moment. But um, the thing that did spring to mind was something like Google Analytics, where I have noticed yep. before. And I think as well, like, you know, we're loading in fonts as well. Well, and yeah, well, the thing is, it's like we're doing so much stuff on the client now, you know, processor intensive stuff. Having these background workers is probably required, like some of the processing we do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, Uh, I do have, oh, sorry. Yeah, you know, one last thing, actually, this week, Mm. what we were doing. So this week, we, at the end of the week, we tell him we upgraded from PHP 5, we're still doing it, PHP 5.3. The latest, the the because PHP five three was end of life now. It went EOL. We yes. were thinking, well, we got our update, you know, and we update to PHP five five. Mm. And at work, we use a Symphony one application. Well, we have we have an old Symphony one application that had some issues with uh, upgrading to PHP five five because uh, at the I don't know if you've seen it before. You know, preg uh, uh, preg uh, replace. Yeah. And you could do yep. the E modifier, and what that actually mm-hmm. does is kind of a hack that allows you then to call a function. So every yeah. time it finds it, it replaces its cause, its function. But it does it using a script. It's not really a hack because it worked. It was what, you know, you have to do it in PHP, old PHPs before you had first-class functions and stuff. Mm. So, you know, you, you do this and stuff. Well, yeah, I suppose, yeah, before you had first-class yeah, before you had first class functions and stuff, you do you have to use it. Um, but it's really, really bad because it is quite safe uh, security, you know, kind of because it is executing code and functions, you know, based on yeah. regular expression yeah. input. So <laughs> if you've got user input, you can do some funky stuff. So they deprecated it. Mm. Um, so Symphony 1, when you do it, the kind of, you know, S is the bed. It kind of just goes, ah, you know, <laughs> I, I'm using it a lot and stuff. So 
a couple of good actually uh, Stack Overflow comments actually found and fixed that. I mean, this was meant, we thought this was going to be the big daddy. It was going to be the worst thing to have to do, you know, dealing with the Symphony 1 stuff. And that's why it's kind of been put off. But turns out the Symphony 1 stuff, I was able to get done pretty quick. And then the person I was working with, he had problems with Symphony 2 stuff. And some weird things in PHP 5.5, like the serialization is a little bit different now. Like the way it it kind of is more clever with serialization that it actually, when you, you know, when you say like serialize and you pass it in an object or something and it will give you a string. Yeah. It uses referencing and stuff instead. So it says, oh, I'm not going to do this again. I'm going to have a reference to another thing and stuff like that. So it's more kind of considerate about your memory uses yeah. more references than it does, you know, just more copies. But that yeah. caused quite a few random play problems. <laughs> and another one is is the actual referencing. Like, reference, it, it seems to do some weird referencing things. Um, so it's always nice where you think, oh, it'd be easy to upgrade, you know, your PHP you know, implementation and stuff. And I was one of these guys, oh, just upgrade, you know, let's just deal with the bugs. But you realize the bugs and you're like, wow. And it's yeah. like when the tests are failing and sometimes it's the test, you know, that it's only the test that's having the bug and you're like well it's the test having a bug but we need the test because the test tells us if the code you know in production works yeah. and yeah mm. so that's been an interesting experience but hopefully what we do yeah. is move up upgrade to php 5.5 get that yeah. all down and working and then we'll be able to slowly move up to 5.6 um yeah. because one of the things we did have a problem was because initially because we use puppet at work but initially uh, they were compiling php 5.3 from source yeah, and adding in their stuff, APC, early uh, alternative PHP cache, mm-hmm. um, and the stuff like that. that was cool and everything. But the alternative PHP cache actually was um, there was a beta release for it in PHP five four, but then it got deprecated for uh, op cache in five five. The uh, you know the inbuilt op cache and stuff. So we, yeah. we you know so it got rid of that, which was great, you know, because then you could just have it inbuilt and everything. But one of the things that they use still is the, there was like a user level cache where you literally give it a key and then, you know, you'll return a value for you. Yeah. Uh, so nice quick cache, like memcache type thing. Uh, and that actually was, you know, when you remove memcache, it's not actually included in the op cache. Um, so luckily Joe Watkins, a good friend of our, our show, he made something called, um, it's called APCU, which is the Apache, you know, um, not Apache, alternative PHP cache user land thing. And it literally strips out all the other stuff, uh, all the caching stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, all the you know the caching stuff op cache stuff and just gives you just what the user cache is so that was great um and we actually started using dot debs packages so you can compile from source but you know because it's good compiling from source in the sense of you've got a big company you know you're kind of scared of using other people's packages because you're like well they've compiled it what have they done unless it's like debian or something like that you don't know for sure but Dot Deb sure. seems like a very reputable, you know, source, and a lot of good companies are using it. So we we use that instead, and they provided the packages and stuff, and it was awesome. It's similar to like Remy, yeah, in CentOS world, where you can just use them instead. Um, but I was looking actually at compiling PHP from source and creating your own Dot Deb files, you know, like your own packages and stuff. Yeah, and it doesn't seem that hard actually. You just kind of it's really weird. Like you you compile it, but when you can comp- when you actually do the make install, all it does is log what things change in the, in the actual app you know in your in your operating system so then yeah. it can obviously go and remove them again afterwards so it's quite cool but that's another random tangent but yeah so <laughs> upgrading stuff is fun and interesting don't do enough. it well scary as hell it's horrible <laughs> because you don't want to do it but you kind of have to sometimes and it's yeah. good too um, and all you want you know is just the short array syntax i mean you know isn't that the hipsters <laughs> but no um yeah so it's been interesting very cool. Well, the other couple of things I was going to mention, and I, I won't do it in question uh, quiz format, but basically, I'm sure you guys have used this before, and I, I've kind of seen it but never really played with it. 
but have you guys used like the, the emulation tool in, in Chrome? Yes, Ooh, it's amazing. What's that? It's very cool, isn't it? I, I've not used it really much <laughs> it before. It is but... really cool, yeah. Mm. Well, it basically, well, just what it says on the tin, really, it just allows you to emulate devices, so your browser suddenly becomes the same size as, uh, you know, you can set, like, i5 or whatever you want to do, and it will emulate the uh, device. I think you could even, like, set, like, uh, accelerometer uh, settings. Oh, wow. That so does, it, does it just, it doesn't just change, like, the width, the screen size. It also, like, says, I suppose it can't yeah. use the same engine settings. I don't know if it goes I that low. I don't think it does, no. But, That's pretty um, cool, but it is, it is easy, really cool, isn't it? Mm, yeah, I, I found it really useful. I had to use it the other day, and uh, I thought it was really cool. So, yeah, yeah, that's worth checking out. And yeah, well, it saved me a load of space on hard drive because I've only got 128 gig uh, SSD yeah. though. SSD. <laughs> so so uh, yeah, SSD. I had um, yeah, I had Xcode just for the purpose of using it for the the iPhone and the iPad emulator, and I've got mm. rid of that now. So that's it's really cool not having to have that. And so I've, I've reclaimed like three gig of space on my computer, <laughs> so I can now put stuff on there again. Yeah, and the other thing I was just going to say really was um, I use so little of uh, the developer tools in Chrome. Like, I, you know, I use the, the console a lot to you know work out what's going on a lot of yeah. time. But um, but the other thing I started looking at, especially doing a lot of JavaScript work in for the Magento site, was using event listeners to right. kind of like inspect the DOM at certain points. And okay. so I started um, basically I started adding things for like on like click event, and it literally will. <laughs> It'll pause every time that a click event is triggered, so you can inspect the DOM and you can start skipping through and see what's happening at each stage of your JavaScript file. That's cool. Quite painful, but a very useful tool if you've got something that's going wrong and you're not sure what's yeah. happening. Especially with something like Magento, where you've got countless amounts of JavaScript files that you didn't write and you know you got lots of conflicts and that kind of stuff. That is a so, really yeah. good tool, actually. Yeah, for JavaScript in particular with mm. these third parties, because you think how much gets loaded on the page. Um, you well, know, that can conflict with what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And again, it's the kind of thing I do. Like if I'm if I'm programming in Java, I'll use those kind of tools. I'll yeah. set breakpoints mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Yep. I never do it in PHP or JavaScript. You should do it now with PHP Debugger. You know, we've got now yeah. C, like you know, thingy. Joe Watkins made that and X Debug beforehand. Mm, that's true. Very true. Naughty, naughty. Slap my wrist. Yeah, that's only weird. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, anyway, on that note. Unless there's anything else you guys want to say, I think we have gotten to the hour mark. Uh, anything I else? think no. That's 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 it for me. I, yeah, I've for me as well. Yeah, enough. yeah. I'm sorry, I had awesome. to disappear a couple of times during that as that's well. Right. Um, it's not. Yeah, I'm in a public room in the house, and there was a bit of people coming back and forth getting stuff. So yeah, yeah I had to kind of withdraw myself. So there wasn't a lot of background noise. But yeah, <laughs> no worries. Cool. All right, All right. guys. Thanks for listening, guys. And yeah, we will be back uh, same time next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. See ya. You've been listening to Three Devs and a Maybe. You can contact us at contact at threedevsandamaybe.com or follow us on Twitter at the number three, Devs and a Maybe.